0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode. Hope you're having a great week. Today's guest is John Walker. He is one of the co-founders of Athletic Brewing Company, which is a non-alcoholic beer that is actually doing huge business right now. And it's a really interesting conversation we had about his really uh, strange path uh, to becoming one of the leading brewers in America and starting a company of non-alcoholic beer, which is uh, surprising and exciting for a lot of people uh, like myself, who actually don't. Uh, drink alcohol and, and now have an option to drink beer if they want to. So I hope you'll enjoy the conversation. As always, if you have ideas about future guests, please send me a message and I hope you're enjoying the show. All right. Welcome on to the show. Our next guest is John Walker from Athletic Brewing Company. John, good to have you on the show. Thanks for being here.
1: Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having us.
0: So I want to talk beer. Uh, I want to talk you. And I guess I would just start by saying, I think uh, when we're recording this, it's just been your three year anniversary. So it's been a little wild ride for you lately, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yesterday was in fact our three-year commercial anniversary. Um, We had started about a year, almost a year prior, but that was our commercial launch anniversary. So that was super exciting Um, from Bill and I to basically uh, 140 plus teammates three years later. So yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy.
0: Well, I want to get to that, but I want to go back in time a little bit. So You are from uh, my chief rival community, which is Madison, Connecticut. You grew up uh, right next door from me uh, in Madison and you, you have a really interesting story that I want to try to get you to talk a lot about a little bit because you grew up in Madison, but then uh, I I read that you dropped out of high school as a sophomore and went to college. What's up with that? Tell me about that.
1: Um, Yeah, I, I did do that. I, I, i don't know i i enjoyed academics i was generally good at it i didn't have to try all that much and i i was also the kid who asked why a lot and that always that wasn't always embraced and so i you know in my inner youth and angst i was just like kind of feeling dissatisfied with dissatisfied with the way things were going and ultimately my parents and I discussed it and I wanted to find something that was challenging and unique and that I could like really buy into. So we found an alternative school, which turned out to be a college, um, Simons Rock College, that uh, took on kids like myself who just kind of wanted to start their independence a little earlier. And so I applied, got in and went and got my my
0: associate's degree from Simon's Rock and then continued on into my bachelor's. Did anybody refer to you as Doogie Hauser during that experience? Was that a common thing that happened to you?
1: Yes, the whole, the entire campus, I think, um, dealt with that at one time or another. Because yeah, I mean, largely the school was made up of 14, 15, 16 year old kids who were taking college level courses. And it it was this funny abstract world. Yeah, I bet. but it was great.
0: So then um, you go out west um, and you spend some time on the Navajo Reservation, um, which it seems like was, was really influential to your life. I, uh, as a Guilford High School student, went out to the Hopi Reservation in Arizona, and for me, probably like you, growing up in Guilford and Madison, it's a very sort of sheltered community, um, and it was just so eye-opening for me. To see people who literally were still living on dirt floored houses, um, and it was just so far from where I was. Did you have a similar experience when you went out there and, and were with the Navajo?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was it was very much the same. Uh, you know, that was my semester abroad while a lot of my friends and you know classmates were doing their semester in london or something i was i was in a far more distant land in our own country um and it was it was shocking and you know there were beautiful things and sad things but it was a it was definitely a moving part of my life
0: yeah and, and then uh, it seems like you sort of fell accidentally into brewing. Did, is it true that a friend of yours sort of lost his job or quit his job and then said, hey, do you want to come and work at this brewery in Santa Fe? Is that how you sort of fell into this business?
1: That's exactly how. Um, <laughs> as, yeah, as you may or may not know, I grew up in food and beverage in a town on the Madison Guilford border. Um, but I uh, I tried forever to get out, I think personally, because my parents told me always to get out. But Then my friend said he was going to get his doctorate and that I should take his job. And I kept saying no, but both he and my wife kind of urged me to do it. And I met the brewmaster, and it turned out I just, I got along really well with him. And so I was like, Hey, you know, we'll give it a shot. And so uh, I started doing it, fell in love with it. He quit his doctoral degree and tried to come back, but I said, no. And (laughs) I I kept my
0: job. So, give me and the listeners like the cliff notes version of how do you make beer i mean it's a lot of people drink beer uh i think it's becoming more of a thing where people think about making beer because a lot of breweries that are opening up you can sort of peek in the window there but what is like the cliff notes science version of of how you actually make a beer how hard of a process actually is it
1: um it's easy and very challenging at the same time so you know depending depending on how perfect you want to be about it. Um, but you know, the Cliff Notes version is you buy malted barley, you grind it up, you mix it with hot water, making an oatmeal type slurry. And that re- that, um, releases enzymes and those enzymes convert the carbohydrates into sugars. You boil that, that liquid with hops for your aroma and your bitterness. Um, to kind of counterbalance that sweetness, you send it to a fermenter or a carboy, or if you're homebrewing, it can just be a, a jug, and you add some yeast. The yeast eats and metabolizes those sugars, and it um, its byproduct is alcohol and carbon dioxide. At which point, you
0: have beer. Those are the very simplified terms. That was like the Schoolhouse Rock version. That was perfect for my yes. non scientific brain. <laughs> What's the history of beer? Like, when when did people start drinking beer in the world? How did that come about?
1: Um, I mean, as far back as you can date now. I think I can't remember the time frame, but they just found one of the like one of the longest living artifacts, and you know there were vessels that resembled brewing vessels. Um, so ancient Mesopotamia. Um, And, you know, may have started with fermenting honey in the form of mead. Um, But when people started using grains from, you know, after they started farming and they just, I think, naturally occurring, they found this yeast kind of infected this liquid and they turned out to enjoy the product. It became a food source at some point and a safer drinking substance because it had ethanol as a preservative. So, you know, it was kind of cross-functional.
0: So I first learned about your company because a friend of mine, John DelVenture, recently started working uh, with, with you guys at Athletic. And um, when he told me he had got a new job, he said, yeah, I have an exciting new job. I'm working with this up-and-coming brewery. They're, they're growing really fast and it's super exciting and you may be interested in because it's non-alcoholic beer. And I thought non-alcoholic beer, really? That, that is interesting. And I I don't drink alcohol personally, uh, John, and uh, my family has had a, a long history of alcoholism. So I've always sort of stayed away from it throughout my life. Um, but I wonder if you could sort of talk a little bit about why it was that you, you and your partner decided to do the non-alcoholic route and and what was the decision-making that went into that? Because that's you know, certainly an interesting decision that you made, but you're having tremendous success with it. You having sponsorships by huge, you know, nationally recognized athletes and health conscious, you know, leaders in our country. But take me back to that initial decision of of where you made that that decision, because I think it's super interesting.
1: Um, Yeah, so originally, that was kind of Bill's dream. Um, So Bill's my partner, and the original founder, founder, um, but he was living in Greenwich in the finance, working in the finance world. He had quit drinking simply to become better at everything that he did. And, uh, he started engaging more like active lifestyle things and becoming more in tune with how good he could be. Uh, but he loved beer and wanted a good beer and wanted to go out and have something other than a Coke. Um, so, you know, it was kind of his dream to start up a craft brewery that was dedicated to non-alcoholic beer. And I met him in 2017 as we were looking, my family and I were looking to come back East. And his, uh, his ad, well, it didn't say it, was looking to go into the most innovative segment in brewing. And so that caught me and you know, I started talking to him and he told me that it was non-alcoholic beer. And I was a little surprised, but it did in fact make sense because as a young father, um being around alcohol my entire life in food and beverage and just in general um you know i could see the the place for it culturally and health-wise but then bill's drive to do it was also interesting because he wanted to come at it from a different angle from you know a place of positivity and creating a product that people really wanted to drink not that they were just like defaulted into drinking and so it was challenging but uh
0: just you know really a fun idea so i i took the opportunity and did you think that in three years you guys would grow as much as you have and begun to sort of start a real national conversation about sort of healthier drinking is that something that you ever in your wildest dreams thought would happen
1: i at the very beginning no Um, we were so hard at work kind of creating our own process and like making things happen and getting things off the ground. Um, You know, it was hard to look up and see what was happening. Um, But when I was able to take my head out of the sand and see the impact that it was having on people's lives and that people actually enjoyed it, um, then it dawned on me that it could be something big and significant. And um, I definitely didn't anticipate growing this company, this large, this quickly. Um, And honestly it's been largely organic. And so it, you know, it's very fortunate for us, but it's kind of a lot of it's happened around us by all of our incredible teammates and supporters. So,
0: and how many beers do you guys make right now? How many different kinds of beer are there? Um, So we've got three flagships. We
1: have two seasonals. And then we have a whole rotating series from our pilot and limited time offering. Um, So at any given moment, you could buy any number of, you know, seven, seven varieties. But in a given year, with all the pilot brews that we're doing, we come up with probably 50, 60 different recipes in a given year.
0: And and why do you think that beer is sort of taking off so much, especially in Connecticut? I mean, is that happening everywhere else in the world? Or is there something unique going on here in Connecticut that there's breweries popping up everywhere? Craft brewery seems to be, uh, you know, the big thing. And the industry across Connecticut is, is employing thousands of people, um, which seems like a, a big growth industry in the last couple of years. What's the deal with that? Why is that happening?
1: Um, I, I think people... You know the country was a little behind the times but um it it's known and has historically been this kind of social and communal communal event is having a drink having a beer and just engaging in social commerce and so um i think that's one it's very approachable by any and all and so you know it's welcoming to a diverse group and it's fun i mean Brewing is brewing is fun. The culture is fun. Beer events are fun. Um, the the brewing community is awesome. So there isn't much to not like.
0: Totally. Um, well, we just have a few more minutes left. And I, I I just want to say to you, um, what's your pitch, John? If I said you know, like I was surprised, non alcoholic beer that that's surprising. What's your pitch to somebody who may be listening and say, you know, I love drinking beer, um, but I also love the alcohol part of it too. What's the reason to give Athletic a shot?
1: Um, I I think for that same reason, you like beer, which at the end of the day, um, after you try our product, which that's our big thing, you know, cans and hands, get it to the lips and they will believe because it's a truly unique product. It tastes like beer. It's not, you know, it's not your grandfather's non-alcoholic beer. It's delicious. And what a lot of people are coming to realize is that they love the ingredients that go into craft beer, not necessarily the alcohol. The alcohol just happens to be there. And the biggest thing and you know one of the keys is elevating and accentuating the awesome ingredients that we
0: get to work with. Yeah. So you've grown, you just hit your three-year anniversary, you're 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 hiring people more and more in Connecticut. What's the future hold for athletic what's the next big thing you guys are hoping to do to uh, to move the business forward and, and move this whole idea forward
1: well we've been um, in a in a supply glut to to some effect we you know things have caught on really well and what we'd really love to do first and foremost is satisfy all the the people that want our beer currently so we are in the process of hopefully building a new facility here in Connecticut to expand our footprint and grow the company a little bit more so that's super exciting and in the next year or so and continue that across the country maybe go into some international waters Um, but you know we're trying to make just a positive difference and kind of break down the the stigmas that existed around non-alcoholic beer and just with positive happy drinks and you know, making a dent in, in our communities too. We've got a a, like incredible impact program. We've got a two for the trails grant program and, you know, hoping to donate a million dollars this year to trail and park cleanups across the country. So yeah, just making a,
0: making a positive impact. That's awesome. Well, um, John, thanks so much for coming on today to talk about the uh, the beer, tell, tell my listeners where they can get your beer if they haven't already experienced it to put that can in their hand. Where can they buy an athletic?
1: Yeah, so in Connecticut specifically, we're distributed by Star Distributors. They've been an awesome partner. They were the first to launch us yesterday, three years ago. Uh, they've been incredible since. And so we're all over Connecticut in stores and then also at athleticbrewing.com where you can uh, you
0: know, look at our portfolio and shop online. Awesome. Hey, John, nice to meet you. Thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having us.